Katie Maloney is coming for Tom Sandoval and Rocky Rocky Bang Bang as Kyle Richards is bringing Morgan Wade around as her date at Kathy Hilton's Christmas party. And not only that, but we have Bethany Frankel, who is now being a bit of a flip-flopper and now saying she adores Andy Cohen. Let's get into it. You're listening to No Filter with Zach Peter, your go-to source for all the latest pop culture and reality TVT, Surf Fresh, all week long. Now... Let's dive in. Good morning, guys. I hope everybody is having a lovely start to your week. It is officially hump day. What up? Uh, Bethany Frankel is shifting her tune towards Andy Cohen. I just saw this this morning. Shout out to my boy Evan Real at page six who reported it. Oy vey. Oy vey, oy vey, oy vey. Um, oh, thank you. Fear061 says... Um, they love my hair today. Muchas gracias. I have like an ombre vibe that I'm 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 doing right now. I'm kind of letting the roots do their rooty vibe. Um, I think I'm gonna rock my roots through the end of the year before I have like a whole new year new me vibe. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you like it. It's just we're letting you know. There's like a bit of a fade. the The tone is less like bright blonde, and it's more of like an ashy tone blonde. We're just we're living life today. Um, but hopefully your week was off to a great start. If you guys missed it last night, Josh and I recapped, um, the biggest Vanderpump scandals since the start from like Stassi and Jax, um, Stassi and Jax and Kristen and Jax and Tom and Ariana, Brittany and Jax with the whole faith scandal. So Vanderpump Rules did like a recap that way everybody can get caught up on on all the dirty deeds um, that happened in Vanderpump history and how we got to Scandival leading up to the new season. We obviously got the trailer that dropped as well. And then this morning we got the new Beverly Hills trailer, mid-season trailer, um, which we'll get into because whew, everyone's giving me so many compliments. Today. Can you see my nipples? Sorry. If you can see my nipples, I'm wearing Kim Kardashian's new nipple bra. No, JK, JK. I'm just wearing a very fitted shirt because I just wanted to like show off the guns. Be like, mm, mm, look at that. I bit up in the gym. Sorry. I know, sorry, I'm talking about myself too much. Um, anyway, <laughs> hi guys. I hope you are um, I hope you're having a wonderful week, but let's dive into it. Let's start with Bethany Frankel. Beth, let's be frank about Bethany Frankel. So she is now saying that. She, I guess she ran into Andy Cohen at the iHeartRadio Awards, which is when he, I don't know if you guys saw the photo that's been going around. He's wearing like this ugly green flannel and these jeans. And I'm just like, what in the 2004 is happening? Like, this is just like a bad flannel look. Like when, or I guess, I don't, I don't even know what I would call this look. Um, But it's literally Andy Cohen in like this ugly green, what is it? Boston Celtics, like St. Patrick's Day flannel that's like green and yellow and then he has like baggy jeans and sneakers on and that's what he wore to the iHeartRadio Awards. Bethany was also there. She looked a little more glammed. I guess she saw him from across the room and so she went on her podcast this week and is talking about how she wanted to approach Andy but she knows that it's just too soon and that things are kind of um, you know things are 
like awkward between them and how she's not sure she's ready to have a conversation with him. And I'm like, well, yeah, bitch. Like, what did you expect? Like, you're over here trashing him. Every You were just on Hulu's reality reckoning where you're trashing him again. You're like, Andy Cohen didn't make me famous. He made himself famous on all the backs of all these people. And she's like, oh, but you know, we did have some really good memories in her podcast. She's like, we did have some really good memories together. And, you know, like she adores him and all this stuff. And I'm just like, Pick a lane, sister. Like, what are you doing? Like, what is it? Because Nini is suddenly back in good graces or seemingly back in good graces with Bravo. And now you're kind of like, oh, maybe I should backtrack this and change my tune. Because even Nini deleted a lot of the social media posts about her um, her interviews with Bethany. So I just, Bethany confuses me. And the fact that she's now wanting to, like, make nice with Andy Cohen. It's like, Andy's done with you, girl. Like, I don't know what you thought you were going to accomplish in any of this, but thank you next. We're done with you. Okay. We're going to wrap it up with the sprinkle cookies and we're going to throw it in the garbage. We're, we just want you to just be quiet. Okay. Just be done. Just be gone. Okay. Thank you next. Um, we have Vanderpump Rules. It's coming back January 30th. The trailer looks so spicy. Lala responded to it because people are saying that, oh, Lala's so jealous of Ariana because at the end of the trailer, she has that line where she's delivering to Sheena about um, how she's never known somebody to get cheated on and suddenly they become God. And now everyone's like, oh, she's so jealous. And then Sheena went on Alex Baskin's new podcast with Bravo called Hot Mike, Bravo's Hot Mike podcast which I didn't realize was paid. Like you have to pay, I think $3.99 in order to listen to it. You can get clips of it and then you have to pay for the full thing. And I'm just like, Bravo, like, come on. We already have to pay for Peacock. We already have to, to pay to watch Bravo because we need to pay for cable. Um, like really, you're going to charge us for a podcast? Like at least give us a podcast. Let us be interested in the podcast and then like have a subscription. I don't know. I was a little disappointed in that. But listen, Bravo's got to make their money and Alex Baskin, I think is a great host. So he had on Sheena, Sheena Marie, I guess she's no longer going by Sheena Shea. She's fully embracing Sheena Marie. So he had Sheena Marie on and one of the other Vanderpump Rules producers, and they talk about the new season, and Sheena breaks down, and she's like, I don't think Ariana really understands how hard all of this was on me, which I get. You know, I get it. that Like, this was challenging, considering Sheena did have... Like, I'm just thinking being in Sheena's position, right? I know we hate Sandoval. I know what he did was terrible. I know people don't like him. I'm not condoning any of his actions or his behavior. And trust me, I've dragged him a lot. That said, though, Sheena was friends with him, and she's been friends with him for a very long time. I don't think that history goes away. Think of one of your long-term friends, right? If you're put in a situation where one of your friends cheats on another one of your friends, but you have a history with, like, I don't know. I just think it's it's a, a confusing situation and it's a tough position to be in because obviously not only does Sandoval have the cast that's against him, against him, but sh- there's also like the entire world that's dragging him and beating him up. If I were, I consider myself to be, you know, a fairly empathetic person, right? If I were in a position where I saw one of my friends act poorly, um, and I was not happy with them and I was very hurt by their actions, but yet you still have the world that's beating up on this person. That love and that care that I had for that person doesn't just go away. So I understand that there is going to be a complex mix of emotions, right? We're humans. We don't just feel one thing or change tunes and go from one thing to the next. Some people can flip it off like a light switch. I think Katie's one of those people. I think Lala. I mean, Lala, I think has had some sort of evolution though, right? Because she was very much like she hated Sandoval and now she's kind of like changed 
changed her tune to him a bit. It's just, it's complicated, right? And Deb says Sheena and Sandoval were legit friends before any of the other girls were introduced to the cast. Yeah, I agree. She was friends with Sandoval before she was friends with Ariana. Now Sheena and Lala have something to protect. I saw a huge change in both women on Becoming Mothers. Yeah, that too. Sheena makes a point. She loves Ariana, though, and she's a mama now. Summer doesn't need bad energy. I agree with that. And part of, you know, I would assume being a good mother and setting a good example is forgiveness, right? And I think there you can forgive Tom with also not condoning what he's done, you know? Forgiveness is a really hard thing to do. I've had to forgive people myself and forgiveness is not necessarily for that other person or it's not to redeem that other person, but it's more of like for your own personal healing. And I would imagine Sheena would have to forgive Tom in order to heal from that situation herself. I thought Sheena and Ariana were best friends when Ariana came on the show. They were good. for Well, Sheena was working with Sandoval prior to the show. They didn't just start working together once the show started. But Sheena was close with Ariana. Yes, when Ariana came on the show in season two, she had already been really close with... Uh, they'd already been really close in season one. I think there was a scene in like season one where Ariana was like kind of there and she didn't really want to film. And she's talked about it where she said like, I didn't really want to film, but like I did it because she didn't want somebody to film with because none of the other, none of the other girls wanted to film with her. And Ariana, I think has been open about that was the reason she joined the show was because Sheena needed an ally and all the other girls were being mean to her. They were being mean girls. You can forgive him, but then forget him and not let him around you. Yes, you can. But, like, that's an individual choice, an individual decision. And Sheena went through, you know, the complex balance of that. And so I just, I don't judge. I know a lot of people are judging Sheena and beating her up for that. I don't judge her for that. I think she made the decision that she felt was the best choice for her to make. I think it's easy for us watching a reality show when we look at it from the lens of entertainment and cast members and characters rather than these are real people that have real friendships. Housewives Land is a bit different, right? Like when you see Teddy and Lisa Vanderpump's friendship fall apart on the show, Teddy was cast on the show. They kind of were working friends. These people have history together. These people have been friends, and they were friends when they were broke, right? They were friends when they had nothing. They were roommates with each other, Tom and and Sandoval and Schwartz and Jax. You know, they found each other on Craigslist. Like, these people have history together. And when you go through life together and you have that type of history, when you're broke to now you have kids and houses and careers, it's different, right? And when you go through so much life with people it's hard to let those people go. You know, I even find for me, as I get older, making friends or allowing people into my life does become more challenging because the new people that you meet are never going to know your history. They're never going to know who you were in your 20s, in your early 20s. Like, they're never going to understand your history the way an old friend would. You know, a new friend is only going to meet you where you're at and know you from there and be able to, to st- stand by your side moving forward. But that history means something. And I know for me, even my longest friendships, when there have been fractures or fallings out or distance, you know, I do want to continue to invest in those relationships because that history is important. That history means something at some point. Sorry, I didn't mean to come on here and be so poignant this morning, but I just figured while we were on that. But on that note, Lala Ken ended up posting a photo of her butt, and she said, jealous of what? Your ugly leather pants, basically saying, responding to everybody that's claiming she's jealous of Ariana and making a a funny, cheeky joke. So I'm here for it. She's showing her booty. She's like, booty, 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 rocking everywhere, rocking everywhere, rocking everywhere. And she didn't even need to sell it. Like, Liam McSweeney for $15 on OnlyFans. Hey. Okay. Um, Well, let's talk about Katie because Katie 
just did an interview herself. Oh, and then we'll get into the Beverly Hills midseason trailer. So Katie is saying that she does not believe that Tom Sandoval is truly sorry. You don't support other women, Sandy Balls. So she was, she appeared on Caitlin Bristow's Off the Vine podcast, and she talked about Tom Sandy Balls. She says that apologies are just words. His behavior really hasn't changed. She's like, yeah, it's great that he quit drinking, but like, how does that prove that he shows any remorse for what he did? For me, I'm like, okay, I guess it gives him some sense of clarity, but it's like, what do you do with that clarity, right? Same thing with Raquel. She went into treatment for three months. What did she do with the work that she supposedly did on herself? Did it help her come and see the light? Did it help her, you know, develop her character? Did it help her show rem- feel some remorse for the, her own actions and want to wrong right her wrongs or not? We haven't seen much growth in her. I don't know how much growth we've seen in Sandoval either, but we're going to have to wait to watch this season to see how it all plays out. Katie says yes, that, that most of the cast has all cheated, but they did it when they were young and Tom Sandoval is now 40 and he's still making the same mistakes. And so that's what makes his mistake different from other people's mistakes in the past. As far as Raquel goes, she says that none of them have really heard from her, but she should have just come back on the show. She says that I don't think Raquel would have had the reaction that I think Raquel expected to have. I think a lot of them would have had some sort of, um, like, I think they would have embraced Raquel more than they would have embraced Tom Sandoval. Raquel is younger. She's still a grown woman, and she needs to take accountability for her actions. But she does, you know, I think she would have been embraced by the other women. Lala's been wronged by a man. Um, I don't know if Ariana would ever welcome her back, but I just think they view her from a very different lens, right? Tom had this, you know, holier-than-thou mentality. He's much older. He's been part of these scandals before. Raquel's a little newer. Um, She's younger. She's newer to the show that I think they would have given her a little bit more grace. The reunion, I understand that they came hard. It was two weeks after the scandal had broken. Like, imagine if one of your friends and your partner of, what, nine years cheated on you and you got that information and then had to sit down in a setting with them like a reunion and hash it out. Yeah, you're going to say crazy, vile things. Think about like when you've been in fights with your friends, when you've been in fights with your partner, when you're hurt and that pain is so deep, you throw jabs to cut back, right? You want to hurt them back because you're hurting so badly yourself. So I think the reunion, even though Bethany's like, oh my God, this is horrible. How come nobody protected you? Even though she was the most, the most ruthless and toothless. I just feel like, you know, not that it was right, but it was human. It was real. It was raw and it was understandable, you know? <sighs> um, but yeah, as far as Raquel goes, Katie says, none of them have really heard from her. Um, and she just doesn't understand why Raquel suddenly jumping back into the limelight. And now she wants to launch a podcast if she was really done with all of this, which she was done with this world and done with this life that burned her. I agree. Like, come back to the show. Tell your side of the story. Let things play out. But then we remember she wanted to come back and she was planning on coming back and she was in negotiations to come back. But she wanted more money. So here she is back in the spotlight, which is the same place she claims hurt her mental health. Hmm. I have questions, Rocky, Rocky, bang, bang. I have questions. But there's one question that you may want to hear this holiday season, and that's, where'd you get that? So 
Uncommon Goods is going to be your new secret weapon. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free by scouring the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list. Whether you're shopping for your secret Santa or your entire family, Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. Their gifts are super customizable. You can find everything from the Raquel in your life to the Katie in your life you know, to the Sheena in your life. You can get the Sheenas in your life. They have these uh, personalized platinum LP records. So if you want to be good as gold, you can get somebody in your life an LP record that's customized. Or if you're, you know, Tom Sandoval, you can get some good barware because you like to make cocktails. Or if it's the Raquel in your life, I'm sure they've got something, you know, something fun and, and chaotic that you can add to the list as well. But when you shop at Uncommon James, or sorry, when you shop at Uncommon Goods, not Uncommon James, Uncommon James is Kristen Cavallari's business, Uncommon Goods, you support artists and small independent businesses. These fine products are often made in small batches. So shop now before they sell out this holiday season. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash no filter and subscribe. That's uncommongoods.com slash no filter. Enter your email and receive 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon goods. We're all out of the ordinary. Woo woo. Financial anxiety, anyone? Well, worrying about it doesn't help. Earnin does. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your paycheck as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. It's great for any last minute gifts for loved ones this holiday season. Or if you spend a little too much and you're worried about your rent, it's a great little advance to make sure you're always covered. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in No Filter under podcast when you sign up because it helps me. It helps support the show. That's No Filter under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See Earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Okay. Shall we talk about this Beverly Hills mid-season trailer? Because I don't know how y'all are feeling about it. To me, it was a little lackluster. I was like, what is going on? So we open up. Everybody's celebrating. It looks like we're going to Spain. We're finally getting the Spain trip. We see the girls being a little naughty, licking each other's toes, licking each other's tongues, doing the damn thing. We're, uh, Garcelle's talking to her kids about sex, and they're like, oh, mom, please stop, because nobody wants to talk to their mom about sex. We see the SoFi finale party where Erica Jane performs when Kyle hosted her white party. I was there. It was fun. I can't wait for that to air so I can finally talk about it. Um, it was great. Erica killed that performance. Such a fun night. The white party killing it um so we get all the shots of erica and she's like it's expensive to be me sutton falls over then we get to spain the ladies are dancing they're doing their damn thing kyle's looking for hermes she's like donde esta hermes then we see them in a church we're you know seeing them just i guess play out their spain vacation it doesn't look as interesting we see Anne marie and sutton going at it 
we see Kim and Kyle talking about, I'm assuming, Kathy and how Kyle said she's afraid to let her back into her life. Erica's looking for some remorse and redemption as she releases, it looks like some flowers, as we know, um, it looks like white roses. Um, when Erica was on my podcast, which when you guys listened to it or watched, if you haven't done so yet, Erica Jane on the No Filter with Zach Peter podcast, uh, she talked about how they went on a like release ceremony for Sutton to release the ashes of one of her really good friends. Um, so it looks like that's the ceremony there and they're all kind of making peace and letting go of something. We see Kyla and Mauricio talking. She doesn't know if their marriage is going to sustain or last or go the distance. We see Morgan Wade and she's got her little guitar. She's like, I'm going to make you fall in love with me. It looks like that scene from Schitt's Creek where, um, it's David and Patrick and Patrick's like, we're going to do open mic night. And David's like, Oh my God, please don't do this. And then Patrick goes up and he's like, you're simply the best, better than all the rest. And so it kind of looks like Kyle's having that moment. This is, I think at the, um, the charity gala that they had for her friend that passed away. I'm assuming this is for suicide prevention. Um, we see that Teddy's there. I don't know how much of Teddy we actually get at this, but they do show a shot of Teddy at that event. We see Sutton fighting with Dorit because she's like, answer the question. And she's like, what is the question? Ask me the questions. And Dorit's like, shut up, Sutton. And then uh, Crystal and Anne-Marie seem to be going at it. They go at it at the Homeless Not Toothless event. They also go at it in Spain. Um, Crystal seems to be in the hospital for something. I don't know. Maybe she, I don't know. Her sensitivities kicked back in and she's like, oh my God, my feelings are hurt. Call the ER. Take me to the emergency room. Call 911. My feelings have been hurt. I really do like Crystal, but my God, she can be annoying sometimes. And I have like this love, hate relationship with her. And I think she hates me because she blocked me on Instagram, which I was like, how nasty and how rude. Furthermore, I saw her at Kyle's white party at SoFi Stadium. And you know who was really nice to me? Crystal. Crystal was very nice to me. And I was like, girlfriend, why do you have me blocked on Instagram if you got a problem with me? Brick wall waterfall. Crystal thinks she's got it all, but she don't. And I do. So boom with that attitude. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. I got something you can't touch. Reese's Pieces pick me up. Mess with me, I'll mess you up. Boom. I do like Crystal. I wasn't, I mean, that was a little shady, but I was, you know, I do enjoy her. And I like her more this season. I feel like she's let her guard down. She's like calling the girls out, like when they were at the Magic Mind thing. And she's like, bitch, you should have brought your pants. You're stupid. I was like, oh, Crystal, okay. I like this little sassier, saucier side of Crystal. I like that we're getting to see that a little bit more. But I've always said, we always have to wait for like, a third season of a housewife in order to really get the full range of like who they are, right? Season one's new territory. Season two, I think they come in with a bit of an agenda. They have a glow up. They, you know, change their personality a little bit based off of what they think the audience is going to like, especially if they had a good season or a bad first season. And then um, by season three, they kind of are able to find their footing. Um, but I mean, if we're already at the mid-season, I mean, I guess we got the dinner party from how we're on, what, episode seven now for Beverly Hills? All right. I mean, I can't believe we're already, you know, in at the mid-season trailer point, but you know what? It's a good season. I like when the seasons are a bit shorter rather than being dragged out. 
So we'll see. We'll see what we get. It doesn't look that good, though. I think the the biggest drama seems to be between Crystal and Anne-Marie. Erica's teased that Anne-Marie really lets Crystal have it in Spain. So we'll see how that continues to play out. And then the Kyle and Mauricio stuff. I don't know how much more of Morgan Wade we're actually going to get. And the Kyle and Mauricio stuff doesn't really play out until the finale now that Kyle has kind of, you know, ignored that her marriage is fine. And she, you know, Sutton and Garcelle were kind of questioning it. And she's like, no, it's fine. We're having trouble, but it's fine. So I don't think we're going to get much more of her marital issues, at least not that deeply now that she shut it down and wanted to move on from it. I think the other ladies kind of move on from it and start to move on to other beef and other drama. But it's interesting. I saw somebody talking about this on Twitter, how this season Sutton really is playing the role of Lisa Rinna. She's like, you know, coming at people. She's poking. She's asking questions. And people are really embracing Sutton doing it and not really. And they hated Lisa Rinna when she did it. Like people, I think, loved Lisa Rinna at the beginning when she would kind of push these storylines forward. And now Sutton's kind of taken on that role. And everybody's embracing Sutton right now. And I'm just kind of like, hmm, I like Sutton. But it's just interesting how people, I mean, it was like Jen, Sean, Erica, Jane, right? Now it's like Lisa Rinna and Sutton's track. I think people have double standards based off of, you know, just who they personally like or dislike. And so I think Sutton is definitely being a bit of a pot stir. But while we're on the topic of Beverly Hills and Morgan Wade, Kyle Richards did bring Morgan Wade as her plus one to Kathy Hilton's Christmas party, you know, who was not there. Mauricio, who knows where he, maybe he was with his Dance with the Stars partner. I don't know. But Morgan Wade was there. They took several photos together with other people, you know, which is interesting, right? Because normally, like, if I go to an event and I bring a plus one with me and I'm taking photos with other people, like, I'm taking photos with other people, you know, my friends, my family members, you know, whatever, whoever it is, I'm the one that's taking the photo with them, Right. It's interesting that in all of these photos, though, that Kyle and Kyle is taking with other people, Morgan Wade is also in them. You usually only do that when you're in like a couple situation, right? And in some cases, you don't even do that when you're in a couple situation. But I just found it interesting that there aren't really many, from what I've seen, there aren't many solo photos of Kyle together. They're all photos of Kyle with other people, or sorry, with Morgan Wade and other people. Did Kyle post anything from the the Christmas party? Oh, I guess she posted a reel. There's a photo of her and Kathy. Um, what's uh, a photo of Kyle, Morgan, Wade, and Paris? A Kyle of uh, a photo of Kyle, Morgan, Wade, and is that Alex Baskin? Kyle, Morgan, Wade, and Kathy Hilton. Okay, here's one of Kyle, Kathy, and Tiffany Haddish. Kyle, Kathy, Faye, Justin, Sylvester. Uh, Kyle, Justin, Sylvester, ooh, and Chriselle. Okay. Interesante. Um, Morgan Wade, again, we have Kyle and her girls. What is this? Such a beautiful weekend surrounded by family and friends. So yeah, Kyle's living her best life. And it's, you know, Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree. But it's just interesting that there are so many of these photos that Kyle is posting on her Instagram and they're all with Morgan Wade. Like, don't you think you'd want to take a picture with your niece, just you and your niece? Or you and Alex Baskin is just you and Alex Baskin? Like, why would you feel the need to... I'm assuming this is Alex Baskin, right? Yeah, it's Alex Baskin. Okay. Like, why would you feel the need to incorporate Morgan into all of these photos? I'm going to make you fall in love with me. 
I don't know, but it's becoming more and more apparent. Dun, 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 dun. Rinna said last season, Andy put me on pause. And so he did. Well, actually, Andy doesn't make those casting decisions. They're made by the executives. Andy happens to be one of those executives. And as we saw in the premiere of this season of Real Houses of Beverly Hills, we see Lisa Rinna's resignation letter that they showed on the show. So it seems like the door is still open for Rinna to return. I don't think Rinna will come back, though. You know, I think Rinna. I don't know. I just, I think Rinna's kind of done. She's doing her fashion career. I mean, she's killing it in the fashion game right now. She just did American Horror Story. She was great in that. I think, you know, working with Ryan Murphy. Once you work with Ryan Murphy and you have a good experience, he tends to keep you around. As we've seen, look at Emma Roberts is constantly in all the the Ryan Murphy shows. Billy Lord is constantly in all the um, Ryan Murphy shows. Uh, Sarah Paulson. Um, who else? There are a lot of them that kind of are just recurring characters that he continues to bring back as long as there's a good experience. Kim Kardashian, he brought her on for the new season of American Horror Story. And now she has her own spinoff that's also going to be executive produced by Kim and Chris. And Kim's going to star in it. So I think it's all good. Felis Cactus says, because Kyle is promoting Morgan for the documentary that they're doing. I don't think that's what it is. Um... I think the documentary is more of like a love letter, a love project more than anything. I don't think Kyle's like, oh yeah, this story is so fascinating. Let me do a documentary on it. Like nobody knows Kyle as a documentarian that they're going to be like, yeah, let's watch Kyle Richards documentary on Morgan Wade. It's weird to me. I still have questions. Exactly. Marianne Stout says only couples do shit like that. I, she didn't say shit like that. She said only couples do that. I added the shit. No shit. So Dun, 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 dun. Um, okay, let's talk about Shannon Doherty. I don't know if you guys are interested in Shannon Doherty. I love Shannon Doherty. I used to watch her on Charmed when I did 90210 rewatches because I wasn't of the generation that watched 90210 as it aired, but I did watch the reruns afterwards. I was of the Charmed era. That was my generation. I watched Shannon, Alyssa Milano, Holly Marie Combs. So uh, I revealed... I think it was last week when Shannon Doherty launched her podcast and she talked about her ex, Kurt, her ex-husband, having an affair and she found out about the affair right before she had to go into brain surgery. She was with him for 14 years. She found out that he had been having a two-year affair um, and it was right before she had to go in to have her tumor removed. Well, a source close to her ex-husband, Kurt, is now coming out and claiming that that is not true. That for the past two years, Shannon and Kurt have essentially been living separate lives and that Kurt had told Shannon about his new relationship back in January. As far as I remember, because I tried to look up the, the timeline of all of this, it seems like Shannon had her surgery in January or around January. She revealed it and announced it and was in a healthy place come June. And I believe she revealed on her podcast that there was four months where she kind of was in recovery. So if we count back from June, we have May, April, May, April, March, February. So she had to have had the surgery in January or February. So if this source is claiming that Kurt told her in January, but they're claiming that Kurt 
told Shannon in January right before she had to have an MRI scan, not right before she had to have surgery. But Shannon's claiming that it was right before, it was days before she had to go in to have her brain operated on. They had to cut a tumor out, which was very scary, very traumatic. She said that it was a really challenging time for her because she couldn't even hold a glass. Like her right hand didn't work and she had to, you know, constantly do therapy in order to, you know, regain some of those skills because there was a lot of swelling in her brain from surgery and she didn't really want to take steroids because her body responds really poorly to steroids. And so it was a tricky four months for her, but eventually she was able to regain her faculties and they were able to remove that tumor and do a biopsy and, you know, further examine things. And she also said she had to have radiation on her brain, which is a lot. She's been through a lot, right? Well, Apparently, according to the source as well, Kurt has been living in Texas while Shannon's been in California for the past two years. Shannon's claiming that this source is lying. She's saying that this this isn't true and the truth matters. That's what she posted on her social media. But so she, Kurt, a source, not Kurt himself, but a source, I'm assuming Kurt, is talking to TMZ and saying that that's not true. But I mean, here's the thing. Even if you told her in January and she had brain surgery in February, that's still right before she had to go have brain surgery. Even if it was right before the MRI, that's still a challenging and traumatic time. And the source also claims that Kurt wanted to come back to California to be there with with Shannon and for Shannon as she went through surgery. And she was like, hell no, you've been having, you have a girlfriend. You've had a girlfriend for two years. Like, that's crazy. Even if you are living in Texas. The source makes it seem like they've just been living completely separate lives and don't really have any sort of relationship. Shannon seems deeply hurt by all of this. I would imagine that they've seen each other over the last two years. Um, He's been by her side. Like, cancer's tough. But they've been together for 14 years. They've been married for, what, 11 years? So, I don't know. Oh, I was going to say go back to Dylan, but we can't do that. God, that was a sad segue. Um, Sorry, Shannon. (laughs) Um, Okay. On that same note of Shannon Doherty, her new podcast episode dropped yesterday, Tuesday. And this is where she has Holly Marie Combs on, her former Charmed co-star. Remember, Shannon Doherty was in the first three seasons of Charmed with Holly Marie Combs and Alyssa Milano. So Holly was on this week. It was a really good episode if anybody was a Charmed fan. Shout out to the Charmed fans because it was, they spilled a lot of tea. Shannon talks about Alyssa Milano and the competition that she felt with Alyssa Milano. It seems like, um, Nobody really got along with Alyssa Milano, with exception for like Holly, but she talks about how she feels Alyssa put a wedge between her and Holly while filming Charmed and how, especially during season two, that that was really challenging. She claims that she cried every single day on the set of season two filming Charmed, but that season three was actually one of her favorite seasons. Apparently, Alyssa and her family really embraced Holly, which Holly admits was very alluring for her because she had teenage parents, so she didn't have that strong family unit. So when Alyssa and her mom really took her in and embraced her and started to invite her to family dinners and stuff, like Holly really found that exhilarating and, you know, enjoyed being part of a family unit. But there was one point where Holly had just had surgery. I believe it was... um, she needed to have a tumor removed on, I don't know if it was pelvic. It was something. 
there was some sort of tumor that she had to be removed. I'm blanking on what the actual surgery was, but she had to have surgery and Shannon wanted to go and visit her right after surgery. And Shannon had said that initially she was terrified of hospitals because her father had passed away in a hospital and she just doesn't like hospitals. But that when Shannon finally did decide she wanted to go and visit Holly, she claims that Alyssa and her mom blocked her from visiting Holly Marie Combs. Lynn, who's Alyssa's mom, just came out. She told TMZ that that's not true. She's like, I'm not even sure how we would even be able to block her from visiting. Like, we don't own the hospital. But she also claims that while she became close with Holly, she didn't think that she, Lynn, ever contributed to any rift amongst the women on set. She's like, I wasn't even on set all of the time. I had other things that I was worried about, other things that I was taking care of, and other business that I had to tend to. But she does wish Shannon the best amid her cancer battle. There was also a time when Shannon talks about how she landed the cover of Rolling Stone magazine and how Alyssa was upset that she did it solo and she kind of threw a tantrum because she was like, how is it that you get this opportunity and you only hug it for yourself when we're all on a show together and this would be great for the show if we're all on the cover of Rolling Stone. Um, And then there seems to be a lot of tension with Alyssa Milano and Rose McGowan. Rose isn't addressed in Shannon's podcast, but I do know that Rose has this really strong disdain for Alyssa. It's difficult to work with on set. Um, But it's interesting, right? Shannon says that she has no interest in reading Alyssa's book, which I believe came out last year or 2021. It's called Sorry, Not Sorry. And so Shannon's like, it's literally called Sorry, Not Sorry. So right off the bat, I know Alyssa's not sorry for any of her past behavior. But I guess she talks about Shannon in the book. I remember when Alyssa was on her press tour and she was talking about the book and she talks about how, you know, she contributed to some of the the problems and it was very competitive and she wishes she could take it back. I remember her even talking recently about how she'd reached out to Shannon Doherty, you know, after she was diagnosed with cancer and like wanted to get to a cordial place. And at one point they were all discussing the possibility of, bringing Charmed back for a reboot with Netflix, which I think would be great. I think there's a very dedicated, loyal Charmed following that would love that. I would love some sort of Charmed movie or something that focuses on the next generation, but that still has the original women as part of it. I was really annoyed when they did that Charmed reboot, which was like a totally reinvention of Charmed. It was a totally different show. I didn't like it. I'm glad that it got canceled. It was on the CW. But Holly says that nobody was an angel and nobody was a demon on the set of Charmed, that they all had their good days and they all had their bad days and they all could have handled their situations better, herself included. So Holly very much plays the um, the middle sister role, which is interesting because on the show, Holly Marie Combs' character, Piper, was the middle sister. Prue, who was played by Shannon Doherty, was the older sister. And Alyssa Milano played Phoebe, who was the youngest sister. Eventually, Prue's character gets killed off when Shannon decided to exit after season three. Then they brought in Rose McGowan, who was then the new younger sister, which made Alyssa Milano's character the middle sister. And she kind of played that role. But I feel like Holly Marie Combs very much played that middle sister role. And I think Rose McGowan's role on the set as well was also like the younger sister because in Rose's recollection of things, which Rose also doesn't have the most fond memories of Charmed, she says that it was a really challenging and demanding job for her as well. Um, But she talks about how, or I guess how she talks about it in her book Brave and in her recent interviews. Um, She's talked about how she 
or basically how she's talked about it made it seem like she had like that younger sister role. She didn't want to ruffle feathers. She just wanted to be a good girl. She just kind of wanted to stay in her lane. She felt like there was a lot of pressure on her because once Shannon Doherty left the show and they brought in Rose McGowan, even though they were both sort of names, um, she felt like there was a lot of pressure to keep the show alive, right? Because you're killing off one of the main characters and it's only into its third season. So by season four, not only are you killing off one of the main characters, but then you're adding in an entirely new character. So I loved Charmed. Um, oh, Felix says we just stream reruns of Charms. Don't need a reboot. I would love some sort of like reunion movie. I would just love to see them all again. Piper's stupid boyfriend was cute. Which one? Uh, Dan or Leo? Leo was her husband and baby daddy. Dan was her boyfriend. He was the baseball player. He had a good booty. And rewatching some of the old episodes of Charmed, I'm like, oh. And then you see the love triangle with Piper and Leo and Dan and oh. Oh, so good. The first three seasons of Charmed, exceptional. When Shannon Doherty was on it, they were so good. Even season four was good. I would say seasons one through four were the best. Rose McGowan's first season, exceptional. Season five, six, seven, like they kind of got a little wacky kooky. But yeah, if they bring back Buffy, I'm dead. Ooh, Buffy. I remember Buffy. I never really watched Buffy though. Weren't they working on some sort of Buffy reboot, but it was going to be without Sarah Michelle Gellar? I don't know how you do that without Sarah Michelle Geller, but dun, 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 dun. oh, does Rena have a new book that she's coming out with? Lisa Rena has a book. Lisa Rena book. Oh my god, did that just get revealed somewhere? That she has a new book that's coming out. I know she had her. Um, she had her like renovations book and her starlet book, but it looks like Lisa Renna may be having an let me find this out. Uh, let me see if I can confirm this. Um, yeah. She did Dancing with the Stars. I loved all the scripted series with the magical characters. I did too. We were just having that conversation the other day. I'm not into like the vampire stuff, but all the witches and stuff. I love the witches and stuff. All those 90s, early 2000s shows about vampires, witches, and spooks. So good. They were great. Angel, Buffy, Charmed, all of it. Um, but let me know what other topics you guys are interested in besides housewives bravo world i love you know diving into the paris hilton stuff i love diving into shannon doherty i love pop culture and celebrity culture in general so if there are other shows or other topics that you guys would be interested in discussing on the podcast like i would love to get shannon doherty on the podcast one of my favorite interviews was when i got to interview jenny mccarthy um and she has nothing to do with housewives world she kind of knows about it so she weighed in on some of it but like that was great i would love to interview I mean, Kathy probably wouldn't give me a real interview, but I don't think Paris would ever give me a real... I would love, like, a Paris Hilton interview. I would love a, a Kardashian interview. I would love... Um, Jenny's husband, Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg from New Kids on the Block. We're working on trying to see when he's in L.A. to tape... Um, to tape a... Uh, an interview with him to have him on the show. So I just want to branch out. I want to also introduce, ooh, Tori Spelling. I would love to have Tori Spelling on the podcast. Could you imagine? That's what I want. Like the iconic, you know, 2000s, early 2010s pop culture world. I'm 
I loved Us Weekly. I loved Star Magazine, like all this. I was recently um, mentioned in Star Magazine after my New York show when I had Megan King on the podcast or on in my live show with the Brav Bros in New York. And I remember I had like a little mention in uh, Star Magazine. And I was like, I thought that it was the coolest thing ever. Remind me of the ugly one from New Kids on the Block. Oh, I think you're referring to Danny. Leave Danny alone. He is his mother thinks he's cute in his own way. Um, Danny's actually very sweet. I will say that. No, getting to like meet all of the new kids and, and hang out with them and stuff. Danny's very, very sweet. Um, but yeah, I thought it was like the coolest thing to get like a mention in star magazine. I was like, I remember growing up reading star magazine. Like that to me was just so fun. And so well, it's funny to see how my life has kind of, uh, merged with all of this pop culture world. Like I remember when I did back in 2020, when we were in pandemic land and I started to get more on YouTube and I was doing interviews with um, the ladies of like rock of love and flavor of love. And I was starting to bring all of them back. I've interviewed Tiffany Pollard before everybody was all into her again. I had Tiffany Pollard on the podcast, Megan Hauserman from Megan wants a millionaire and rock of love. Remember with the Ryan Jenkins scandal, uh, Lacey skulls from rock of love and charm school. Who else did I have on? Um, Safari, who is the winner of Charm School, Flavor of Love Charm School. I had a lot of that. Dave, 12 pack. Oof. He, remember Heat and 12 pack and they were the party boys and they would go around. I remember doing, that was fun. And and then I remember I got into like some beef with Heather Chadwell. I remember Crazy Heather from Rock of Love. Um, she was crazy. And then she was like wanting to sue me because of my interviews with people. It was just great to be like, wow, back in, back in the day. Um, I used to watch those shows and then now here I am. Like I was like, you know, getting closer to Lacey at the time. Um, like we would text and like, you know, it was just funny to like look at how I used to watch those shows. And then I was like, you know, fighting with Heather Chadwell. <laughs> we were like having this like wild beef on social media. It's just funny. Um, oh my God, you should do a panel of one of the live shows. What do you mean? A panel of what live shows? Danny had a jawline that people pay for these days. Danny who? Oh, Danny Wood from New Kids on the Block. Yeah. Oh, I did a panel with New Kids on the Block back in uh, May. In May, I did. Uh, I hosted the the panel at BlockCon. They did a BlockCon event, which was really cool. I don't think BlockCon's coming back next year. Unfortunately, I think BlockCon might be done, but... Um, but that was really fun. I loved getting to go there and participate in that. I should I have to tell that story one day about BlogCon because that was an interesting adventure. I'm so grateful for the opportunity and had such a blast in Chicago. And they were so great and so accommodating um, and just so good to me. So, um, But there, there, there is tea to spill there. Um, not bad tea and nothing about the, the boys themselves, but... You know, just interesting experiences that I also had behind the scenes of that. Um, but yeah, all good stuff. But yeah, let me know what other shows and topics you guys are interested in. That way we can dive into them. I would love, like, you know, like, I would love to interview people like Zac Efron. Could you imagine? Like, Zac Efron revisiting High School Musical days. Like, Brenda Song, Macaulay, uh, Macaulay Culkin. Like, you know, just iconic figures in pop culture. I would love to, like, catch up with them now. What do, 
What have you done since every rose has its thorn? Yeah. Every rose has its thorn. Do a panel with the Rock of Love Girls and Flavor of Love Girls. Ooh, what about like a mix? That would be so fun. But they're not all local. They're all like spread throughout the U.S. Because remember, the show wasn't city-based. They would fly people into one specific location. So... All right. Well, I guess that's all I have for you guys. I hope you are enjoying your hump day. I love you. I appreciate you. I will be back on YouTube this evening with Josh. Josh from Louisiana. We will be recapping Real Houses of Salt Lake City on my YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash JustPlainZach. Zach Peter on YouTube. You can look it up. Find me. Josh is also on YouTube. Last night we were on his channel and we did a recap of Vanderpump Rules' biggest scandals leading up to Scandaval. So go and check that out. Josh from Louisiana is his handle on YouTube. Joshua Roberts is his name. So you can go subscribe to him. Show him some love. Catch our recap. We covered a lot of Vanderpump last night, which it was it was a lot of fun. Tonight we're doing Real Houses of Salt Lake City, so get ready for it. And then once Salt Lake City wraps and, and Vanderpump Rules comes back, Josh and I will move our recaps from Salt Lake to Vanderpump. So we'll recap Vanderpump Weekly on my YouTube channel. Every rose has its thorn. All right, guys, I love you. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thursday, I stream live on YouTube every Every morning at 8.30 a.m. Pacific time. I know sometimes I'm a little late. I'm trying to get my shit together. But yeah, 8.30 a.m. Pacific every morning, Monday through Thursday with bonus episodes that drop on Fridays for members only. And then if you're a member of No Filter Plus on Apple Podcasts, then not only do you get our Friday bonus episode, but you also get our Sunday bonus episode with Donna Bowling where we recap season one of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. All right, guys. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Be sure to hit the like button on your way out.